Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway, as always, joined by my two main men, Max Keen and Jonathan Krause, who are both mimicking me with their mouths right now, I guess. (laughs) I uh, I guess I'm boring and predictable, so <laughs> they know exactly what I'm going to say. Um, but you know, consistency is a it's a good attribute to have. So I'm not I'm not ashamed of being consistent, no matter how much you guys mock me. It's it's just poking fun. You do it every <laughs> week, and so it's like you know I know what he's going to do. Let me try it. So how are you guys? I, this week? I saw Max doing it, and I followed. Suit <laughs> immediately. I was like, "This is great! I'm gonna jump in on this." Uh, how are you guys doing this week? Ooh, Max usually starts, so I'm gonna steal it from you. Uh, this week's been okay. So I'm not gonna lie. The first half of the semester, I was kind of chilling. There wasn't a whole lot going on. School was okay. It's not like light, but lighter than it's been in the past so i was hanging out having a good time second half of the semester enter stage kill everything that's around it uh it's awful lots of school lots of things going on projects are all coming together ish in the next like week um exams all kinds of stuff so the past couple weeks with school have been like really really rough and then not only that but intramural sports started up for 6v6 volleyball which is like my thing (laughs) so (laughs) so i'm on two teams right now and once playoffs started i played three games at 11 p.m last week and then i had another team that had one game last week both teams are still in so i'm gonna have more games this week so it's just like a lot of stuff going on while school is also ramping up so i'm like i'm pretty exhausted i spent all day the the weather was really nice yesterday and and maryland had its like first maryland day and maryland day is like a huge event huge event on the campus here where they they bring in like all kinds of people there's tents all over campus and there's like classes doing showing off their projects or or clubs showing off their stuff or just random people that show up and i was there all day yesterday um, cause I had, I was at my roller coaster engineering class had a tent and we like built like a 12 foot by four foot, like roller coaster thing. Sorry. You um, just said you you're taking a roller coaster engineering class. Yes, I am. Oh my Which gosh. Is, okay. that's sick. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, I can't even lie. That's actually, it's, it's like my favorite class, except the fact that all of us failed the midterm exam. So yeah, it was really, he got, he walked into class one day and was like, so I'm like halfway through grading your guys' exams and the average is a 40 right now. <laughs> so we were like, what? Yeah. And then yesterday we were all, all day at Maryland day. And he was like, I'm not going to release your exam grades yet because I want you guys to have a good day and not be oh, discouraged. Man. <laughs> oh, no. oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, yes. but it is, it is a fun class and I actually enjoy it. So, and it was cool showing off like the kids loved our roller coaster that we built. It was, it was pretty cool. I have some videos and stuff. So, Maybe we'll post them on the, the Living Victory page. Maybe we'll tie it into the the Word of God somehow. I don't know. How do you tie a roller coaster? In the roller? Life is like a roller coaster, but God keeps you strapped in. I don't know, something like that. 
God is your <laughs> Jesus is your life restraint. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is the one operating the roller coaster. Like that. <laughs> yeah. So a lot going on. And I'm going to be completely bored out of my mind in two and a half weeks when I graduate because I'm going to sit there and be like, well, what do I do now? So, <laughs> And we're all going to feel terrible for you. Probably. You're <laughs> yeah. going to be like, man, I remember the good old days of the end of the semester when I was doing everything. <laughs> Wait, is that a promise that I'm hearing that Jonathan's not going to miss any more podcasts after he gets out of school? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it now. <laughs> I did miss last week. I apologize for that, everybody. Uh, I hope you missed me. If you did it, I'm sorry. I'm back. But we always miss you every wow. week. Stop. We did get a lot of hate mail in the in the emails though. That was weird. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. <laughs> yep. I can't even say anything about it. I'm the one that missed. <laughs> All right, so, Max. Turning it over to you. Yeah, my week. I'm good to be where I am right now. I'm glad with with getting to this point all the past probably two or three weeks i'm like i need to make it to may 1st and i'm done and so this week i was like just need to make it to sunday just need to make it to sunday just need to make it to sunday and today's sunday and i feel like i can breathe um my schedule at its worst moments are still not as bad as jonathan's um but it's still, for me, I'm trying to, to do a lot. And so it's like, now I have, I think, four assignments left and an exam. And then just this week of classes. And so it's like, I'm almost done. Um, and I'm super just relieved that I made it to this point. Because I'll look, I do this every semester. I'm like, I look at the end of the semester and I'm like, how am I possibly going to make it through that? And then I somehow do it. And, and yeah, it comes and it goes and it's like, boom, done. Um, also, the Jets had an incredible draft week. I They did. I'm so excited. Um, it's a good weekend to be a Jets fan. I'll yeah, the Jets Jets had a great draft, but they didn't quite get the Hall of Fame quarterback that the Broncos got in the first round. What? <laughs> Russell Wilson. We drafted Russell Wilson with our first round pick, uh-huh. so I'm uh, I'm, drafted, I'm stoked about what happened to the Broncos draft this year. We drafted a what thirty year old uh, quarterback. <laughs> yes, a thirty year old quarterback who has won a Super Bowl before and is going to win multiple Super Bowls in the future. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Once Russell Wilson retires and the Broncos have had no more Super Bowl wins, we can all roast him. Yeah, I get roasted enough as it is, so I'm not afraid. But <laughs> uh, I'm in a very similar boat to Max, where I just I had a busy week and I got through it. Um, it was one of those weeks where, like he said, looking forward, you're like, yeah, I don't know how all all of this is going to get done between work and school and everything that that was going on, but. God made it through. Now, one of the things I'm trying to work on is rest. Just making sure I prioritize rest. And uh, even if it requires saying no to responsibilities or saying no to um, friends, hanging out with friends, uh, just giving getting wisdom in when to say no and when to get rest. Because I have a tendency to just work, 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 work. And I love it. And I love hanging out with people. But sometimes I need to rest myself. 
Um, and it's actually pretty special that Max and I both talked about this because it, it ties directly into what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today, which is the idea of daily bread. We, we hear daily bread throughout the Bible. In Jesus's Lord's Prayer, he says, give us this day our daily bread when he's praying to the Father. And we see it a lot. We see in the Old Testament during the Exodus that God was actually giving Israel, he was feeding Israel by giving them manna every single day. Every day they would wake up and just the perfect amount of bread would be on the floor, just exactly what they needed to eat that day. And then they had to have faith every day that when they woke up the next day, God would provide and God would provide and God would provide. But the passage we're going to be talking about today is actually another place where it talks about daily bread that never has really come to my mind when I've thought of the idea of daily bread. But the principle in this passage is so powerful because it teaches us how we ought to live our lives in faith. It teaches us the the types of lives we ought to live. And, And as I was talking to one of my friends this week, he said, you know, this prayer, because these verses are actually a prayer that's being prayed in the Proverbs. This prayer is one of the scariest prayers to pray. And you're going to find out why in just a second. But we're going to be going into Proverbs chapter 30, verses 7 through 9. So if you have a Bible in front of you, if you have uh, your phone, if you have anything that has scripture on it, uh, pull out Proverbs chapter 30, verses 7 through 9. And I'll read them for us here before we begin the, the discussion. So it says, two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So this passage is... It's a proverb written by a man named Agur, A-G-U-R. I believe this is the only time in scripture where he shows up to write this proverb, but he's writing to God. This is a prayer that he's saying to God, asking God for two things. First, to remove falsehood and lying from him. And then secondly, not to give him poverty nor riches. Like, think about that. He's praying that God would not make him rich. And he actually defends it in these verses to follow. But in today's podcast, we're going to talk about this prayer, why Agur would have prayed it, and how we should live our lives based off of this passage. Like what principles we can draw out of this passage that teach us how to live our lives in faith for God even more than we already do. But before we get into it, um, I think it's important to pray because I don't think we do that nearly enough on this podcast, just asking God that he would step in and that he would allow Uh, he would give us his spirit and and guide us with his spirit in this time as we read. So let's just say a quick prayer that God would guide us with his spirit in this time. Father, you are amazing. You are worthy of our praise. As we go into Proverbs 30 verses 7 through 9 today, Lord, I pray that your spirit would guide our conversation, that, that he would guide the hearts of those who listen, and that he would give us understanding about what this passage means and how we can apply it to our lives. Lord, you are good and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Proverbs chapter 30, verses seven through nine. What, a, what an amazing prayer. Let's get into it, boys. Yeah, so I, there are a lot of things that that can go into this. And, and like Christian said, um, I was thinking about this before he said it too, but it's one of the scarier um, prayers to pray. Um, 
Because really what you're asking God is help me to lean on you. And, and we do lean on him every day. But we don't often think about that. Um, for us who live in America, we have what we need. We have it abundantly and extras. And, you know, we still, I, I don't know about for you guys, but for me, we still can be dissatisfied with what we have. We think we want more. We think we need more. And we just consume, consume, consume as much as we can. Um, and to pray this prayer of, Lord, give me what I need, nothing more, nothing less, is to live um, day by day, I guess paycheck to paycheck, um, with, with what God does with us. Um, and so, for us, we need to look at this with a spirit of humility. For us to say, God, I, I want you to take control of my life. I want you to, to provide for me only what I need is to come at it with the spirit of humility. I I probably said this on the podcast before, but um, I at my church I'm leading a young adults Bible study through the book of James, and we just got into chapter four uh, this morning, um, and the end of chapter three and the first half of chapter four go well together, um, talking about humility in the sense of we can try to gain as much earthly wisdom, earthly possessions as we want. We can let our desires take over and we can just get what we want. But when we reflect on who God is, when we take a moment to look at our lives and what they mean and the significance while also the insignificance of our lives, we look at how much we waste in our time and our resources and we turn away from God. The passage in chapter 4 talks about how we are adulterous people. We run away from God, even though he saved us. And we rely on ourselves, we rely on our own wisdom, and turn away from God. And how we need to come back to him. And in this passage in Proverbs... We have to have that sense of humility where we can try and do things on our own. We can do things with earthly wisdom. But we need to remember that we need to rely on God through it all. And if we try and try and try to live our lives the way that we want for our kingdom, then it's never going to be good. 
And so to say this prayer of, Lord, give me what I need, nothing more, nothing less, is to say that God is sufficient for me, and he will provide what I need. I don't need anything more. I don't need anything less. Just let me do what he calls me to do. This is, um, I'm really happy that Christian, so we were talking about what we were going to be doing this podcast on, and Christian brought up this verse that he read the other day. Um, And it's really interesting how the Lord works, because this is something along these lines that I have been thinking about and wrestling with the Lord about for the past week or so, Um, actually probably the past two weeks. And that is this idea of what we have, what we want, and what we need. All of those things in, in comparison to each other. So as human beings, there are always things that we're not going to have that we're going to want, right? How do you distinguish between are those things something that you need? Are those things something that you want? Or also, depending on your perspective of it, but you have to figure out what's God's perspective of that thing that you're desiring. So is this coming from, um, it might not necessarily be be a sinful thing that you want. Like maybe I want, I don't know, something earthly. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's, it's perhaps it's just something extra. So balancing all of that and understanding too that. So I've been thinking about like, for example, Matthew 7, where it talks about Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. And it talks about how, you know, you know, who, if his son, if someone's son asks for bread, will you give him a stone or will you give him a serpent? If we as evil people know how to give good gifts, how much more does your father, heavenly father want to bless you and give you good gifts? Yet, like this passage in Proverbs is talking about, we don't want too many good gifts. Otherwise, they take our eyes off what's truly important, the fact that everything in our lives should be pointing back. To God. Everything should be pointing back to the glory of God. So I've been struggling and wrestling with in my own life, Lord, and the, uh, this is, okay, so let me give context behind this. The reason that I think I'm walking into struggling with this is because my life is changing seasons right now. I'm graduating college. I'm going to be moving out from College Park back home in the summer eventually, and then I have no idea what's happening after that. I have a job lined up, but I have no idea what that's going to look like in terms of will I like it? Will I hate it? Will I love it? Will it be something I do for five years? Will it be something I do for 30 years? Will it be something that God wants me to do? Will it be something that God doesn't want me to do and he wants to get me out of it? All of those questions. And it's scary changing seasons like this in life. And of course, I've been asking myself, even inadvertently, okay, Jonathan, what do you want out of life? moving out from college into the big pants world because i'm not going to have you know these these events on college uh, with a bunch of other christian people that are really awesome and you know they're always there to check up on you and everything like that all of these things are that i have in college are going to change dramatically and so i've been you know talking to the lord about like oh like lord you know that i desire this out of life you know that i want this certain thing in life that that i want to be at peace in this situation all of those things. But this is what's so crazy. And it's like hard to wrap your mind around, right? 
Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. So what's the first step to doing that? You have to deny yourself. So, and then we saw, we see in, uh, in Psalms, delight yourself in the Lord and you will, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So match that verse up with, if you want to follow Christ, you have to deny yourself. So here's the, the paradoxical nature of the way God works is he wants to teach you how to trust him and have faith in him. To do that, you have to deny yourself. You have to deny the things that you are putting above God. And in doing that, in trusting him, he's ultimately going to meet the things that you need. But you have to let go of them first. How does that make sense? You have to give up everything that, that makes you yourself. And in doing so, you're going to find yourself and God's going to uniquely give you an identity that you will never found outside of him. That the desires of your heart will be met so much greater than anything you will ever have been able to do because you ultimately laid them at the feet of Jesus. And I suck at doing it. And I'm sure Max and Christian will probably say the same thing that there are so many times in life where when we want something, we'll be like, oh Lord, like, you know, if it be your will, let it happen. And then we would manipulate every situation to make it happen. Absolutely. Where's the trust in that? Where's the faith in that? Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself and pick up your cross. I was listening, um, for those of you who know David Platt is, he's kind of like the head of McLean Bible Church. And they did a secret church event the, uh, last Friday night, um, which is basically the whole event premises around churches in persecuted areas that have to meet in secret. And when they meet in secret, they meet for like six plus hours, just reading the word of God, teaching the word of God, just really getting deep in the word of God for hours and hours. Um, we had uh, Paul Adams on the podcast a long time ago, and he went to China um, probably five or seven years back. And he said he they like took him out to one of these underground churches and uh, and he gave his, you know, stereotypical hour and a half to two hour sermon. Or it's probably less than that, like an hour to two hour sermon. Um, and no one moved. They're all like, is that it? And so Paul just kept going. And he said six hours later, they were still chugging along in the word of God. So like this is the, this is what's happening in churches around the world. And so the whole point of this is it's supposed to be a reflection of that. And so it's like six, seven hours long, this like secret church event thing. So it was all Friday night. It was really, really good. Um, and, and David Platt started talking about the fact that God knows what's best for you. And he went through all these scriptures about trusting in the Lord, having faith in him, and he will come through doing what's best for you and giving you, blessing you with what's best for you. Yet, how often do we turn away from that and say, no, Lord, we spit in his face and we say, no, Lord, you don't know what's best for me. I know what's best for me in this situation. Even if we're praying about it, even if we're coming to him about it, Lord, like, you know, let your will be done, like that kind of stuff and trying to seek him on it. And then we turn around and do the exact opposite. 
how much easier it would be to trust him, have faith in him, because he has what's best for us. And then watching him follow through on that. That's the easy thing, but it's hard to do. Like this is like you can understand, and I think everyone in their life will come to a point where they're going to struggle with this. And I'm going through it right now. I'm sure I'll struggle with it with the rest of my life. Is just you have to give up yourself to the Lord. They call it reckless abandonment, and I hate that word reckless because it's in that song that talks about reckless love, and you could get the whole theological debate. If God, anyway, I'm not going to talk about that, but. Um, there's an old devotional book that my dad really likes and he gave it to me. Um, and the guy that writes the devotionals is, is very heavy on this term with us specifically, not God, uh, that we have to recklessly abandon this life that we try to make for ourselves in pursuit of the Lord. And in doing so, he gives you life. That's just like, it's just like jumping off the cliff and hoping God catches you. Even though he's promised to do so. He promised all over his word. But actually doing it and trusting him in that is extremely hard. It's extremely difficult. And I was just thinking about this before this podcast. We were, we were praying into it. And I was like, Lord, keep my heart humble. And teach me to trust you. And then, and then at that moment, I was like, he's literally doing that right now. He's teaching me to trust him. And the way he's doing that is he's reminding me that when I try to manipulate situations and make things happen so that my desires in life get met and what's best in my mind gets met in my life. And that just ends up not turning out the way that I hope or not even close to what I imagine. He's teaching me in that. That if I just release, open my hands and release it up to him, lay it down at the feet of Jesus, bring it to the cross, that he is sufficient in that way. Sufficient to the point where you are going to be full and overflow. But bringing it back to Proverbs 30, Lord, give me what I need for just the now. Because if you give me extra, I'm going to get distracted. If you don't give me enough, I'm going to get distracted, Lord. But how beautiful is it that he, that he promises in his word to give you what you need for today? So I just want to encourage all of our listeners today. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going with, going through, whatever it might be, it's extremely hard. I can't begin to know what's going on in your life. But God does. And ask him to teach you to trust him with it, to have faith in him with it. And then ultimately believe that he's going to come through, that he's going to give you the bread that you need for today. Man, what a, what a rich passage. I just want to echo what Jonathan and Max have said, because this, that's exactly what this passage is. It's, it's, we're asking God in the NIV, it, instead of saying the food that is needful for me, it says my daily bread. So I want us to think once again to the Israelites during the Exodus. God gave them the manna every single day, and they had to trust that God would give it to them the next day. And eventually over time, it probably got easier for them to trust because over 40 years, God proved 
that he was faithful. How often does God prove that he's faithful in our lives? Because for me, it happens all the time. I just do a bad job of keeping track of this. I do a bad job of remembering when God proves his faithfulness, and I'm easy, easy to forget it. I'm quick to forget it. Now, in this passage, when he asks that God would give him neither poverty nor riches, he gives reasons. He says, lest I be full and deny you. If God give, if God gives us too much, then we start to, to get full. We start to think of ourselves as capable. We start to imagine that we are the reason that we're succeeding in our lives rather than God. And that's, that's back to what Jonathan was saying about situations that we fix in our own lives to make it to where it's going to work out how we want it to. We pray, you know, God help me. And then we do everything in our power to make sure it happens. Well, is there an area of your life today that is only going to succeed if God works? Or is every area of your life dependent on you? Because I had a preacher uh, a few weeks ago ask me that question, and I could not think of one area of my life that I was completely relying on God in. I couldn't think of one area of my life where if it turns out successful, the only explanation is God. But that's the life we're called to live. Like We're called to live a life in faith such that if somebody in this world looks at our life from the outside, they'll think that we're crazy. They'll, they'll think that there's no way it's going to succeed until God steps in and makes a difference. So I, I, I put my head down and I said, what area of my life can be this area? Where in my life can I rely on God in such a way that the only way it works out is if God is in it? And I chose my finances. I said, God, you are in control of my wallet. You're in control of my finances. God, help me to live in faith in such a way that I give when you call me to give without thinking about what effect it's going to have on me financially. Because if you've called me to do something, the worst thing I can do is to not do it. Even if I think that I, I've thought through more scenarios than you have, if you have called me to do something, I will do it no matter what. So what is that area in your life? What, what is the area? And, and eventually we want this to, to expand to be our entire lives. We don't want it to be just one area, but if you're thinking about this and wrestling through it as we are, think about one area. What is one area that you can change to live more in faith. And then once you get that down, what's a second area? A third area. How can you slowly change your life to be a life that is lived on faith in God? A life that that is not lived in abundance lest we be full and deny God. But also a life that's not lived in need lest we be poor and steal and profane the name of God. So as we, we go out this week, I'd like to send you out with that commission. I'd like to send you out with that. Choose one area of your life this week that you are going to live in faith. An area of your life that you are going to give over to God and ask his guidance in every decision you make. And do it without, without regard for the consequences. Let us, let us be known as a group of people who live boldly for God without thinking about the consequences because ultimately the consequences are in God's hands. And as long as we are being faithful to his commands and obeying what he has commanded us to do, he's going to work it all together for good. And we know that because he promises that. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I've been excited about this passage and I'm, I'm excited to, to go forward and, and choose another area of my life that I can live in faith this week. Because I want to be known as somebody 
who lives in faith. And it's not that I want to be known, but I want when people look at my life, I want them to not see me. I want them to see my dependence on God. I want my life to be a big neon sign that points up to God. Not that they would know me, but that they would know my God. I had a pastor recently say that his goal in life is to live life, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. And I think uh, what a beautiful goal that is, that if, if the, le- the only legacy I leave on this world is that Christ was glorified, there's nothing more that I could ask for. So let's go. Let's live in faith this week. And thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to reach out to us, if you have any questions or comments or anything at all, please email us at Christian, Max, or Jonathan at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can also email us at our general email, which is questions at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Living Victory Podcast. And if you feel so led to donate to the show and to help our efforts to spread God's glory through this podcast, then you can donate at livingvictorypodcast.com slash donate. So thank you guys so much for coming back every single week. Thank you guys so much for your faithfulness to this podcast, but don't allow that to overshadow your faithfulness to God. Live lives of faith this week. Thank you for listening. And as always, love each other and shine your light.